This week on the show, our pop culture references, we talk about the rest of Shira and fortune cookies. It is March 2022, and you're listening to Lunchbox Reaction. Hi, I'm your host, Linnea, and I'm joined by my co-host, Evan. That's me. And Brian. Hello, everyone. So let's start off with our pop culture references. Who wants to go first? I volunteer dad. Okay, I'll go first. So there's a new Star Wars series coming out soon called Kenobi, and the music is going to be by our very own John Williams. Yes, the man who scored all the movies (laughs) is actually going to score the TV show. So that's pretty cool. I'm excited about that. So my pop culture reference for this week is that I got braces. Woohoo! Actually, not woohoo. It's my, my teeth were sore for a while. Aww. They're still a bit sore, and now I can't eat as much things. But I guess my mouth is going to be better. So yay! For me, I feel like the only things so far that I've, I've actually not been able to eat have been like apples and popcorn and tootsie rolls. When I really likes tootsie rolls. Yeah. Okay, my pop culture thing is that the trailer for Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore is out, and the release date is April 15th, 2022. Have you seen the previous movie? Mm Mm-hmm. The Crimes of Grindelwald? Yeah. I saw that with my friends. Oh, because I haven't seen that yet. Did you like it? It's not as memorable to me as the first one, but I don't know. I think I still liked it. (laughs) Okay. Now on to our main topic for this week, She-Ra and the Princesses of Power. If you haven't listened to our first episode about She-Ra, or you haven't watched the show, it's a show about a planet called Etheria, and there's all these, like, magical princesses on it, and then there's also an evil horde that's trying to invade. And then, so yeah, the main the main character is Adora, and she was born into the evil horde, and then she's like, nah, this place is evil. And then she just she joins the rebellion of magical princesses. So, do you guys still have your same favorite characters, or has it changed? I feel like just because of the looks, I would say my favorite character is Rohelio, just because I like wizard people. Aww. Also, he seems like a nice guy. I like Rohelio too. Rohelio is just Rohelio is like a lizard guy. He's a big <laughs> lizard guy that works with the horde. Except he's he has good intentions. He used to be. She-Ra's friend. And Kyle, too. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Kyle. Does he ever talk? Kyle? Or no, Rogelio. Rogelio goes, grunt or something? <laughs> but everyone understands him. No, they, they like pretend that they understand him, but they don't. Oh, that'd be sad. Because there was that one time where it's just, he he's just roaring straight for like a whole minute, and they're just like, yeah, us too. I think in our first show, I said my favorite character was Entrapta. Mm-hmm. I think my favorite character now is Mermista. Mm, that's mom's favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I still like Entrapta. I think Entrapta's pretty fun. But uh, there's just something about Mermista's attitude that is just so perfectly her mm-hmm. <laughs> that I kind of like her. Wait, Evan, you didn't say who your favorite I, character I, I you did. literally you said was Rogelio. the first one to say uh, it. Okay. You just said that was your favorite character based on looks. Yeah. That's why he's my favorite character. (laughs) That's not very nice. 
Why isn't it very nice? He said it's his favorite character. <laughs> Based I on can't his have looks. favorite characters you anymore. You don't like him for his personality? He has a cool personality, but I think he looks cool. Can I not say that characters look cool anymore, Linnea? As long as you like them for their personality. Okay, then. <laughs> what was your guys' favorite season of this show? So, break it down. How many seasons were there? Because we just watched them all in order, so to mm-hmm. me there was no actual season, per se. There's five seasons. So, the first season is where they're just trying to feed the horde. It's mostly just a season where we're just getting to know all the characters. The second season is just seven episodes of just the characters going on some weird adventures. And then in the third season is when, like, the show's plot kind of starts to begin. And so that's when there's, like, a giant portal (laughs) that's sucking up the universe. The fourth season is when the heart of Etheria is discovered and everyone's like, yeah, that's a cool weapon. Let's use it to kill people. And then the fifth season is the one with the really mean guy. (laughs) Horde Prime? Yeah. In space? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. And our first show, did we only talk about the first season or did we talk about We talked about only the first season. Hmm. Okay. I feel like we talked about more than that. How many episodes was the first season? Thirteen episodes. Thirteen, okay. My favorite season is probably season five, cause, just because there's so much story and things that happen in it. Season five is definitely my favorite, too, because it has a very Steven University vibe in season five. There's like, there's like, they're always on spaceships and stuff. Dad, what's your favorite season? Hmm, that's... Hard to say. I didn't think that I was going to like season five because it seemed like there was so much story left to tell when they got to it, but but it was pretty good. I don't know, it'd be hard for me to pick out a, an individual season. <laughs> what do you think of the way this show like handled um, redemption arcs? The show really has a Steven Universe vibe with all the redemption arcs. I feel like the fifth season and just a lot of the show is really close to Steven Universe in that way. Like, how Shira and everybody else can help, like, make the bad guys be better people. And they're not better at, like, immediately. They have to be shown how to be a nice person. Also, in the way that the good guys have to learn to be better people. What about you, Dad? So, anyone in particular... I mean, there's the main one. I, are we going to talk about... Can, mm-hmm. can we say spoilery things? I mean, I don't know. Okay. Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess Catra is the main one, right? Yeah, Catra. Yeah. I uh, mean, obviously, if we're talking about villains being redeemed, and then the yeah, main Ketra. villain of the show <laughs> yeah. is Catra. I almost feel like I knew that would come eventually. Yeah. Uh, she was kind of just written as the character who could tell would eventually be redeemed. Yeah. She seemed very ineffective as a as a bad person. I mean, you know, she tried her best, but it almost seemed like, like she was could, setting herself up to fail. You like, could tell like, she was only bad because she has such, like, mental issues. Right. She was her own worst enemy, really. Mm-hmm. And, you know, once she saw that she could be actual friends with other people, I think that helped. It took her a while, though. What I liked about Catra's redemption arc is that, like, she initially, like, does the one good thing in her life but like saving glimmer and i like that that wasn't like all she had to do in order to be redeemed like she also had to 
like apologize to people and actually go through the work of learning how to be a better person. Right. Yeah. It it's not immediate. It you have to work at it, mm-hmm. and it takes time and and trial and error. And she went through that, and she became a better person for it. And then another one is Shadow Weaver. Who Shadow Weaver actually joins the good guys sooner than Catra, but never. Unlike Catra, Shadow Weaver doesn't work at being redeemed. She I mean, just kind of stays kind of mean. She somewhat gets redeemed, I could say, but also in a way she both does and does not. So in the end, Shadow Weaver does the one good thing in her life at the very end, like Catra did. But Shadow, so maybe Shadow Weaver could have been redeemed, but she just dies by sacrificing herself. So. She dies protecting them, but I don't think she really got redeemed that much. Yeah, even when she was working with them, I felt that she was still kind of in it for herself. Mm-hmm. It never felt like she was really on the good guy's team. It's just this was the lesser of evils. She never really tried to like help other people until the very end. There's... when it, it still really mattered to her at the very end, too, mm-hmm. if you think about it. So, I mean... I guess she does a good thing, but she's really just kind of in it for herself. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think there's this one moment at the at in the last episode where there's like this I don't know beating little power thing, and she reaches out like she's about to take it, but then she like she hears Catra scream and a door runs to find Catra, and Shadow Weaver looks like she's about to take it, but then I think she chooses to help Catra and Adora. And I'm not really sure if she chose to help them because she cared about them or if it's just because she knew that the planet just needed to have the magic set free. Of the characters, I feel she's the most complex. Shadow Weaver? Yeah. Yeah. Because we, we... she's not she's not just totally good or totally bad. She's She's in the gray area, maybe leaning more toward the bad side, but mm-hmm. she's... Chaotic neutral. She has some redeeming qualities in that she wants to help people, I think, yeah. in a, in her own way. The way that she tries to help people is trying to manipulate them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> She's I not good help. at helping people, but she just she, she tries. tries. We'll give her that. Yeah. She's just really bad at it. So, yeah, and, and I'm glad that there is a character like that, that they're not all just black and white, that mm-hmm. there are these shades of gray, and I think she epitomizes that, so... You I appreciate could, that. You could put each character on their own scale of like good, like neutral good, chaotic neutral, all those things. And then there's also Hordak, who I, I don't know, I thought his redemption arc was kind of rushed at the end because he spent like the whole series being the bad guy. And then in season five, I feel like, yeah, Hordak just has like one thing happen to him and then he's like, oh, I'm a good guy now. Great. Good for me. Yeah, that was the one thing that I had kind of a problem with is how fast he got redeemed. And like, <laughs> they're like entrapped in Hordak are walking off in the last few minutes, like linking arms and Mermist is like, are we all just okay with that? Yeah, yeah. that was, that was <laughs> funny. I'm, I'm confused. Like, where did that come from? I know that happened a bit, but that was like two seasons ago. Uh, as I mentioned before, that's why I was worried about season five, because you told me you know, it was going to be in space and it was going to be all this. And then mm-hmm. it, it, it just seemed like it was totally different than the first four seasons. And, and I was thinking to myself, they're going to wrap up this whole series. <laughs> it just didn't seem possible because we've had Hordak for four seasons and now suddenly we don't. And there's a new bad guy. And it just even throughout season five, I feel it's kind of like they dug themselves into an even deeper hole, which made it more confusing on how they were going to make everything better. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. 
I think I think it did work. They yeah. the story worked. I I just at the start of it I didn't know how they were going to do it. I, and yeah, the thing with Hordak, I it's almost he almost just became forgettable for me. Yeah. I mean, I in season 5 I remember wrong Hordak more <laughs> yeah. than the oh, wrong Hordak. actual Hordak. <laughs> also, wrong Hordak never really gets an ending. Throughout the season Throughout the season, like, Ron Hordak helps them. I think we can just assume that he's happy and living his best life. There we go, yeah. Like, the last thing he does is help Entrapta, like, by pushing these two clones over and letting her get in to save the technology. What did you think of Spinnerella and Natasa? And their battles with each other? You know, just, like, them. (laughs) I really like their relationship with each other throughout the show. Like... At the start when we meet them, I feel like, I think we skipped over the episode where we meet them, because they just kind of appeared. I don't remember them. The first time that they appear is in the first season, but it's only, they appear and then they're at this meeting, and Bo's like, we don't really know who they are or what they do, and so it's kind of just like a forgettable moment, and like, I even forgot about them the first time I watched this show until they came back, they came back to help with the finale of season one, but then they just disappeared again. And then they came back in season four. And then all of a sudden, and they're then, like and the now, biggest now characters in season, in season five, five. They're like major characters. Yeah. Yeah, that was kind of weird. So basically, if you're talking about season five, I really like Spinnerella and Natasha. They have really good chemistry. And I just feel like the fact that Natasha was just like the entire, like almost the entirety of season five trying to just help Spinnerella. Mm-hmm. So they could live peacefully together. It's just yeah. nice. Spinnerella is actually voiced by Noelle Stevenson. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Okay. I think I think the reason... I don't know. I heard this once, but I think the reason that they weren't that much of major characters was because, like, Netflix wasn't really letting them have major gay characters until the fifth season. Oh. Uh-huh. How do you think that this show compares to other like cartoons similar to it, like The Owl House and Steven Universe and Kipo? I feel like all these shows are really just setting up. Like all of, all of the shows, like Steven Universe and Kipo, and all of them are really just like they're really good for the LGBT community mm-hmm. and that and all of those. And even they're just enjoyable without that factor, too. All these recent producers of these TV shows are just amazing. And they find a way to incorporate almost every attribute that nowadays everybody wants to have in a TV show. And there's almost always a character in one of the shows that you will connect with personally. Yeah, I think I like the type of representation in this show. It's not just race and gender and stuff, but it's also like like mental conditions and like having to process difficult emotions. Yeah, I think it's it's great for representation. I think yeah, you know, what you said, Linnea, is certainly true. It's it's good to see those kind of things. Comparing those three that you said, I would say I like Shira better than Our House, but less than Kipo. I think. So I I I would put them in that order. I to me I like Kipo the on top, Shira and then Owl House. Yeah. That's the what order. What about I would Steven Universe? Oh Steven Universe. Um hmm. To me that's almost a harder comparison because Steven <laughs> Universe has is it's so much longer, right? Yeah. Or at least 
How many seasons did Steven Universe have? Steven Universe like had five seasons oh. and then a bonus season. And then that, yeah. Or on Amazon. Basically on Hulu it says Steven Universe has five seasons and on Amazon it says Steven Universe has seven. Amazon is a bit weird. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hmm, boy, I don't know. Where would I put Steven Universe? I'd probably put Steven Universe maybe just a little above She-Ra. Mm-hmm. I mean, not that I didn't like it. <laughs> Yeah, for me, if I was watching the Shira right now, I don't know if I would if it would have been my favorite show ever. Because the main reason that I love it so much is because the first time I watched it, I was like with my best friends ever, and then it was like during the midst of the pandemic when everything was like really bad, and then I just had this show, and it made me really happy. Just like My Hero Academia season four part two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good. I mean, it, it's good that you associate it with fun things, and that makes mm-hmm. it makes it more memorable. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. What did you think of the relationship with Katra and Adora? I really like it. I feel like it was fleshed out throughout the entire show while still not being obvious, like too mm. obvious. And without the characters even like talking to each other much, they still had like that chemistry the entire time. Yeah. I feel like Katra and Adora's relationship is kind of like the heart of the show. Because, I mean... The heart of the show is the heart of Etheria, Linnea. Yeah, I mean, them them admitting their love for each other is basically what saves the universe. (laughs) But yeah, I like, because Katra's whole arc was about learning how to, like, show love to other people and be vulnerable. And then Adora's whole, like, her growth was learning how to accept love and, like, let other people show her love. And so at the end, like, Katra's able to be like, I love you, and Adora's like, Oh, I love you too. And then Adora's able to become Shira because she's learned to accept that love. Yeah, it was a nice way to, to show that that sort of freeing of emotion that lets you mm. move on. I thought it was kind of ironic because Adora's just all like, I need to become Shira to save the universe and nothing else matters. But with that mentality, she's not actually able to become Shira because she's blocking out all her emotions. And magic in this universe is just really strongly tied to people's emotions, it seems. So also, I wanted to ask all of you, where do you think magic comes from in this universe? I'm not really sure. Because it's on multiple planets, and people who are, like, completely detached from others can still, like, use it. I don't know. It's kind of more of a soft magic system. There's not really a lot of rules to it. Like, there's magic on some specific planets, and then there's magic on knots. And yeah, I think it's just, some, like Shadow Weaver is saying, Ethereum itself is like a living, magical creature. So maybe Ethereum might just be what's giving everyone magic there, and there's just different types of magic in the other planets, I'm yeah. not sure. We see lots of different types of magic. And, well, we only really see two di- different planets that have magic on a big scale. Mm-hmm. Has Noel Stevenson ever said anything about that? No, not really. <laughs> well, not that I've heard of. Maybe she has. 
Who was your favorite character who we kind of just like met along the way? Like um, Mara or Double Trouble or Huntara or Wrong Hordak? Well, I'd have to say Ron Hordak since <laughs> I already mentioned him. I, I thought I thought Ron Hordak was funny, especially just because they keep calling him Wrong Hordak. <laughs> yeah. Like, what kind of name is that? Like, Every time they say your name, it's wrong. <laughs> I mean, yes, thanks for reminding me of it over Hi, and over Ron, again. Hi, Ron, Brian. How are you? Like, so. We meet him, and like he becomes a character, so we're like, we just kind of assume they're going to give him a nice name, but it just stays Wrong Hordak for the rest of the season. Yeah. I really like Catcher's Although is, Pet. is it only Entrapta who calls him that? I think everyone calls yeah, him everyone that. Yeah, everyone calls him that. Calls him okay. that. He doesn't have another name. I really like Entrapta's pet. Milag? Yeah. It, he's a nice, or they are a nice animal. Milag is a lot like Pink Lion from Steven Universe. Yeah. <laughs> I like that we never hear Milag talk, but Catra does. That <laughs> would be kind of scary. Yeah. No, I like I like the animation. You're talking about the cat that can make things invisible. And mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. I like the animation for that, or the style of that. Just looking yeah. at it was really... Real cool art direction on that cat. It mm-hmm. made me want one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was. I'm always wondering how that cat like feels to touch. Like, is it soft? Or, like, I don't know. There's also Double Trouble, who I really like. And Double Trouble is a, non- a non-binary character. It was like, I think they were like the first major non-binary character who like I ever saw in a cartoon. Also, they never explained how Double Trouble could shapeshift. I was just I wondering. Think, I we I never think... saw anybody else who could shapeshift. It's just magic. I don't remember just... if we see anybody else with his, like... He's, a, he's... she's supposed to be a shapeshifter. He's, like, they meet Catcher, and Catcher's like, oh, you're a shapeshifter. Like, I don't know. I guess just weird magical stuff is considered pretty normal. But I like Double Trouble because, like Entrapta is, they're just kind of, like, a neutral character. Like, they're just on whatever side is winning. and Whichever side pays the mm-hmm. money and has the advantage. They're just like, yeah, I'll, I'll, do, I'll go with whoever's winning and where I can make money. <laughs> but then at the end, when it seems like the rebellion is dying, they do, like, try to help the rebellion so they have good in them. Um, I also really like Mara. Yeah, Mara is a character that was not really, like, fleshed out at the start besides of the name. Mm-hmm. But... Throughout the show, we see more and more of Mara, and her backstory is really interesting because we only get it in small bits and pieces. Pieces? Pieces! <laughs> pieces throughout the show. I like Mara because her story is that she says that she never like wanted to be a hero. She just wanted to like help people and do what she could, and then at the end, she just had to she had to sacrifice herself to save everything, and she knew that no one was going to remember her as a hero. People weren't going to like her anymore. So, like, she, she had to do it to save the planet. Yeah, it, it's an interesting way to, to have a character who's told only through almost computer-generated flashbacks mm-hmm. <laughs> or recordings that somehow have ability to still communicate like a like your mind has been downloaded or something yeah. it's like the future of earth like if somebody if the entire planet forgets about some type of hero or somebody and then there's <laughs> like different logs of them that slowly reveal their past and the government is hiding that yeah well then there's that old I don't know, the old witch lady or something yeah she's and able she's she never... seemed she must be really old if she knew mara uh-huh. raz 
I'm not really sure about Raz. She already looked old when she met Mara. Because wasn't Mara, wasn't that like thousands of years or something? Mm-hmm. It- so Raz is, Raz is kind of confusing. She obviously has these like magical powers and she's able to like, her mind travels through time or something. Yeah. So she must, she's, I do not think that Raz is a human. <laughs> I think she's just like immortal or something, I guess. Maybe Raz is the magical, is the entity of magic. Yeah, I don't know. Matt Raz just might be something, or I don't know, someone who's been around since like the beginning of Etheria. Maybe Raz is like Mylo. Because when she's talking to Mara, she talks as though she's seen like lots of the Shiras before because she's like, Shira isn't a sword, it's you. Yeah, maybe Ma- maybe Raz is like Milog. Like mm-hmm. she's just going to be around when the entire planet is all, is all dead. Oh, that's sad. Do you guys have anything else to say? So one thing I'm wondering is, is that when Adora transformed, she said, for the honor of Grayskull. Mm. Well, Grayskull is a a castle from He-Man, and never once is, I mean, is that, like, where does Grayskull come from to this? We never, like, see it or... Hordak has a Grayskull. I guess it was really briefly mentioned in season five when Glimmer and Bo are with his dads. You know, they were listening to that recording where they're talking about where the failsafe is located. Mm-hmm. And then they sign out and they say, okay, this is a Squadron Grayskull signing out. So I think it was just like the name of the group that Mara was with, like the first one's group. And so when she's saying the honor of Grayskull, she's like just saying for the honor of like her people, basically. Sure. I don't know. It's just, it struck me as really weird as someone who knows He-Man from way back in the mid-80s. Yeah. I think they're just trying to incorporate that because in the 80s show, that's what Shira always said. Yeah. And the Shira in that show knew <laughs> He-Man, but the Shira doesn't. So. Yeah, do you think that they should like do a movie for this show? Or like make another season? Or is it good where it is? I mean, it depends on whether it'll be animated or not. Because I feel like if they make another animated movie or something and have like all the same voice actors and it's just like the show but like maybe afterwards or something i just feel like i feel like that would work but i don't want live action shira they are making a live action version but it's not going to be with these characters it's it's going to be like a completely different story than this one yeah that's what i would want for a live action Mm -hmm. i think i'd i'd leave it the way it is i don't think i mean what else would they do they've already beat the huge bad guy who controlled practically the entire universe. So mm-hmm. I, <laughs> how are you going to get any bigger than that? I, yeah. I, it's just, I mean, I guess it could be just a one-off story of something smaller happening. Yeah. Or, or maybe she goes and finds some first ones who are actually still out there. Because I know at the end, that the last thing they say is, let's go on a road trip to restore magic to the universe oh, or yeah. something. So I don't know. So that could be something, yeah. If they make the movie, then they could do it, like, about that. <laughs> sure. For a long time, like, right after the finale of she came out, like, the number two trending thing on Twitter was, like, she movie. Oh, yeah? <laughs> it was like that for a long time. Okay. But I think people have kind of given up now. <laughs> I still want a movie. Oh, I also, I have a question. So basically, at, at one point in the show... They meet, they meet like these people on a planet that was earthquake, that had a lot of earthquakes, and they were both trying to find mm-hmm. these gems. 
So basically, they at the end of that episode, they like ask the people, "Hey, do you want to be you want to be rebels with us?" And oh, yeah. fight? And then they said like, "Yes," but yeah. then they never showed up again. <laughs> that was one thing that another thing I thought was kind of weird that They're those people just never completely gone from the entire show. I think maybe they were briefly they may have briefly been shown in the finale, like trying to yeah. They showed lots of people in that finale, mm-hmm. and and. I kept thinking, who's that? Who's that? Who's that? <laughs> yeah, if you this show is kind of designed to be binge watched, so if you don't like watch all the episodes back to back, sometimes it's easy to forget people. <laughs> I I do wish that we got more Kyle and Lonnie and Rogelio this season because I like them. They're Adora's buddies in the horde, and Rogelio is the lizard guy everyone was talking about, and I Kyle's like the, the one who guy. Kyle's the one who messed this stuff up, and Lonnie's the one who's just like, why do I, why do I have to deal with these guys' crap? <laughs> I ship Kyle and Rogelio. Me too. Just Kyle, because this one offline that Scorpio says mm-hmm. that Kyle, Kyle, Kyle has a crush on Rogelio, and then it's, they're kind of a thing throughout the whole show. Like if you're if you're looking at their lockers, every like Kyle opens his locker and it's just a drawing of him and Rogelio holding hands or something, and then like you look into Rogelio's locker and it's like a picture of Kyle, and it's just so cute. <laughs> so my final thoughts on the show. Is that, like, it's my favorite show ever. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, but it also just, it means a lot to me personally, because I can relate to so many of the characters. (laughs) You guys probably wouldn't like it as much as I do, because it's because I'm able to relate so much more. But it really means a lot to me. And I'd give it a 10 out of 10. Mm, Good. I'll give it an 8.5 out of 10. Yeah, I'll give it, I'll probably give it a 7 out of 10. Not even a 7.5? You needed the first season a 7.5. Did I? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. You weren't you aren't going to give this entire show <laughs> okay. higher okay. than a 7? Seven? 7.5 out of 10. You give so many ten. things 7.5 or up. <laughs> and you're just going to make this a 7? <laughs> you wow. needed the first season of The Owl House higher than that. Oh, did I? Just... Oh, okay. Wow. I guess I'm getting crankier in my old Jeez. age. Rude. <laughs> So what are you gonna rate it then? He said it's he said a seven point five. Okay, which I'll, is, I'll give it a seven point five. It's That's the fine. same thing that he rated the first season of Shira. <laughs> My God, Dad! <laughs> now it's time for fortune cookies. My fortune is that there's a price to waiting. My fortune is a question. Have you ever waited too long and missed out on something? Have you, Lena? Mine says there's a price to waiting, and yours says, <laughs> have you ever waited too much? I sense that there's a, a pattern here. Mine is an ad. Oh, no. So we have these fortunes that say FTX on the back? Yeah. And you know what FTX is, right? No. It's a it's a company that does cryptocurrency. <laughs> right? Okay, so here's my fortune. There's more to life than just money. There's Bitcoin. God. <laughs> of course. I, I, I'm not calling that a fortune. That's just an ad. That's just a blatant ad. An ad dad, dad didn't get a fortune this week. <laughs> oh, well. It's not going to make our best of fortunes at the, on, the, uh, on our two-year I mean, anniversary might. show. It's pretty funny how <laughs> yeah. it's just Bitcoin ad. All right. So that wraps up this week's episode. I hope that you're not dying. But <laughs> Wow. <laughs> okay. What? <laughs> You know, people can die of listening to podcasts sometimes, so we just don't want that to happen. Like, they turn up the volume too much, and then, like, their eardrums burst because of a loud noise. 
like they could be listening and crossing the street and they're just they're just enjoying it so much that oh no there's the car <laughs> okay you can find us on the web at lunchboxreaction.net on twitter at lunchboxreaction and we'll see you next week at the lunch table i'm i'm Linnea. goodbye i'm evan goodbye and i'm brian see you next week at the lunch table Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.